Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. John Amato is our guest in this hour, founder of the famous crooksandliars.com. They're an American left-wing political blog. He's also the co-author of, quote, Over the Cliff, How Obama's Election Drove the American Right Insane. Get popcorn for that one when you read it. Uh, John, more than a pleasure to have you with us. Happy Tuesday. How you doing? And a belated happy Valentine's Day. John Amato. Uh, same Hi. to you, and it's wonderful being here, and thanks for having me. John, I have to apologize. i gotta, I got to be, for full disclosure, we'll have a little laugh. And, John, this was our private joke. John sent me an email about, you know, being on the show, and I didn't know he was John from Crooks and Liars. And I'm very familiar with Crooks and Liars, as any good liberal progressive Democrat should be. And, uh, but, I, you know, a lot of people send me things. And to be honest, John, I was doing what I often accuse men of, and my crew can laugh about this, which is reading the first few words of a sentence and not the whole email. OK, so so it was sort of like, um, um, you know, yeah, you know, whatever. What's your we- you know, is your website? And I because I get hit because I am on Fox like a buddy of ours, Alan Combs. I get hit all the time by conservatives who don't really know who I am and assume I'm a conservative. Right. So right. I just assumed it. You know, I wasn't reading who John was. And then John's like. No, I, I'm I'm founder of Crooks and Liars. Are you familiar with Crooks? I'm like, yes, I'm familiar with Crooks and Liars. And he goes, I'm a friend of Alan. Goes, I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't even need to tell me that, even though Alan's a good friend. So, John, I have to give full full disclosure there. I was bad being a bad girl, and I was uh, scanning, not fully reading the email. Well, you so. know, I love bad girls. Stuff, <laughs> so that's quite all right. But, hey. you know, it happens to us all. You know, with, with the rise of social media in the last five years, I mean, you know, I had a change. I used to, when I started my website, I just had a Gmail account, crooksandliars at gmail.com, and that was sort of my every everything email. And it's, it got so bad, um, not just thousands of emails a day. You know, I, I obviously had to split everything up into different groups and have my own personal one because it's just, you know, especially if you go on, I used to go on MSNBC a lot and CNN, and, you know, I, like, I always laugh, you know, I think it's Scott Walker, right? He's been running on that. He got, he received death threats. I mean, from 2004, when I started, to the end of 2004, I, death threats were a daily occurrence in my comment sections even, let alone the emails I got. So I always laugh at these people that, you know, they want to be in public service or you know, out in the public domain, and they just cower on, a, a you know, an, uh, an outrageous email or two. It, it, it's quite hilarious. Well, you know, I, I know that one of the things you had written about was a guest uh, on Fox. I am a Fox News contributor. And, and I want to take it away from Fox and more to the claim of, of the guest who was a talk show host and somebody that I used to debate almost on a weekly basis uh, in, the, in the morning on Fox News Channel, and, and that's uh, Kevin Jackson. 
Um, now, Kevin Jackson, you wrote about this, John, was talking and discussing uh, about uh, the president's request to fight ISIS. And the complaint came from Kevin. And we, we've heard these kind of complaints, not just from Kevin, but many on the right, that um, that ISIS is the fault of President Obama. Now, now, first of all, let's let's just start with this. To me, this is almost like kindergarten debate tactics. When left or right, you just blame everything on the president in power who does not share your political ideology. Let's start with that. First of all, just first of all, blaming President Obama for ISIS. You know, I know Republicans that would say if we hadn't evaded Iraq, ISIS may not even exist. Or if Saddam Hussein was still alive, ISIS may not even exist. Absolutely. Um, you know, this whole rewriting of George Bush's presidency is has been ramping up because I guess, you know, since he's been out of office and he's, you know, dedicated his life to painting little portraits, that, uh, you know, as the country usually does, it's a little softer when the president's not around destroying the country. And, um, and to think, you know, when he said that, uh, you know, the, all of the problems were because that Obama refuses to continue with George Bush's policies, I almost fell off my chair. Um, and, and the idea that, you, you know, we invade a country that didn't attack us, we create so much unrest in that area that now we have other extremist groups popping up all over the place, and that's Obama's fault. It, it's delusional, really. Well, you know, the other thing is, and, and you know this, John, look, I, I'm a liberal, I'm a Democrat, I'm a progressive, but I'll call the president out on something if I don't agree with him. And one thing a lot of Democrats get angry about with this president is that he has actually kept so many Bush policies, not invading Iraq, certainly bringing the troops home. But it's amusing to me that conservatives completely ignore areas where the president has kept things status quo. Patriot Act would be an example or, you know, not prosecuting or going after uh, former presidents, vice presidents, or even members of the CIA for torture. We're going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk more about that with you, John, and with you, America. I see you holding. If you want to join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join us, or tweet us. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Also, follow John at John Amato, A-M-A-T-O, and the website, crooksandliars.com. His book is Over the Cliff. Back after this. We're back with John Amato, founder of the famous CrooksandLiars.com. It's an American left-wing political blog, also co-author of the book Over the Cliff, How Obama's Election Drove the American Right Insane. John, thanks for holding. Welcome back. We have some calls to get to. But before we do, if you could comment on the fact that, you know, not keeping Bush's policies, which certainly the president's not going to with Iraq. He was one of the few Democrats who... Uh, voted against, um, you know, invading the sovereign nation of Iraq and actually was consistent with that into his presidency uh, from when he had been, um, you know, prior uh, to uh, him being a senator. But but isn't it odd that you have anybody on the right, uh, you know, talk shows, Kevin Jackson or anybody else, you know, claiming that that is the reason when there are other areas where Democrats have actually, you know, criticized the president heavily for keeping with Bush's policies? Absolutely. I mean, when we just look at immigration policy, right, we just had this big injunction filed by a uh, basically an activist judge. Uh, but Obama, you know, has deported more people than George Bush ever has. Um, you look at the way that he's used drones and, you know, liberals like myself and many people don't approve of, of, of that type of behavior. It, it just causes so much collateral damage. And as opposed to killing American citizens, 
um, outside the country. There's been plenty of, uh, I think that's what separates, you know, the modern conservative to, you know, liberals and Democrats, which is that we go out of our way to criticize our sitting president, where if you look at George Bush's history in, in office, the right wing just backed up everything he did no matter what. And the only time they spoke out against him was when he left office, or actually in 2007 when he did try to do immigration reform, because one of the only things Karl Rove was smart about was the fact that he knew that the Latino population would be an important voting bloc, and the xenophobes in the Republican Party killed that. So um, it is quite um, fascinating, as you said, you know, as far as like the Kevin Jacksons. Uh, it's almost like they have this echo chamber, and I've, I've I've uh, traced how it works, and it usually starts from the Rush Limbaugh show. And Rush Limbaugh will be, if you see his computer screen, it's always on the Drudge Report. And, and that filters through all of the conservative media, and so you get the same message over and over again. And, and this is just one of them. All right, let's take some calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's go to Sean in South Carolina, line three. Sean, good afternoon. Hey there. I think a lot of the problem with ISIS is our own government funding the Syrian rebels and how a lot of them defected to ISIS. So I think a lot of us, you know, like helping the uh, Afghans against the Soviets and then they became the Taliban. I think a lot of the foreign policies at our own peril, you know, unfortunately, the Department of State chooses who to fund and what to support. And a lot of Americans like me have no say in that. You know, and unfortunately, we're stuck with the two choices in the administration at hand. And there's really no accountability there with the Department of State or anything like that. You know, now that ISIS has morphed out of control, I don't really see any of Europe, you know, with all the terrorist attacks, doing anything with the threat. You know, they're just going to stay in isolationism and they're just not going to do anything about it. And, you know, I get frustrated because why does it always seem like it has to be America doing it all? You know, why don't we have other countries that will engage and, you know, be part of this process? And, um, you know, I hate to say it, we do have an administration that has um, largely neglected, you know, our allies at abroad, you know, at the time when we most need it with Netanyahu or the U.K. and other allies. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it is this failure to heed to the warning seriously. And I think it's really a failure of the populace at large to really, you know, look at ISIS as a threat at all. So... I don't. I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't perceive ISIS as a threat. I mean, even Hezbollah and Al Qaeda have said that ISIS has gone too far. Uh, but I would like to get John's take on this, John. Yeah, I mean, some of what, of what Carl said is definitely true. When you're in that part of the world, it's so it's almost impossible to know who is fighting for what side, and and they may seem like they're on your side until they get the guns, you know, the weapon and the cash. And then they flip on the other end. That's why it's been such a nightmare. Once we went into Iraq, it just opened up this whole can of worms. And um, so, it, 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 you know, this is the way I've been writing about it lately. If the Iraqi people do not want to defend their homeland, if they do not want to fight for it, the U.S. can't do it either. Um, if these countries don't start, you know, they, they just wait for us to swoop in because that's what we've been doing ever since we invaded Iraq. And now... You know, we've been training them for 10 years. We've been training the Afghanis for years and years. And yet, you know, if you read the latest New York Times article, um, what government officials are saying is they just need a little more training. They just need, you know, some more weapons and some more training. That's what we've been doing for a decade. 
So it's and I, I actually it's been a positive that Egypt and, and Jordan have gotten on board to, to start going after them because it's impossible for the United States to patrol the entire Middle East. It's just impossible. Sean? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but I feel like, you know, the U.S. just chooses who we want to find and who we don't with the Syrian rebels. I mean, we had John McCain and Lindsey Graham over there with pictures with the Syrian rebels. You know, most of them had defected to ISIS. So, you know, I feel like, you know, I know currently I believe a battalion from Fort Carson went to Iraq. So I feel very strongly that, you know, we're stepping up, but I feel like we're part of the problem by funding a lot of these groups, not knowing where the money's really going to, you know, and, you know, we don't really know where it's all going to. There's no accountability. And well, you we know, I, 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 I don't, I don't you know. agree with you uh, there, and let me tell you why. One of the reasons that there are people in this world that have joined ISIS is because they're so destitute, they're, they'll, they'll believe anything, just like people that join gangs in the United States. One of the things that our money does with some of these countries, it can help to stabilize an economy. And if you can stabilize an economy, if people are happy and people's bellies are full, they're not going to desire to join any kind of a radicalized group, ISIS or, ISIS or other. Let me finish, please. Let me finish, please. And with Egypt, if you don't want our military putting boots on the ground all over the map right now, then our funds help to supply the military with countries like Egypt – that are right now pummeling the crap out of ISIS. Why not? Ha- why not help one of our allies do it without? And we can assist, but you know, why not give them money to put their people in a sense in harm's way? Isn't the world saying this is the Arabs' world's responsibility to fight? Although I don't agree with that. But as our Arab na- uh, 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 allies, if we want to a continue for them to be allies, and if we want them to be successful in their fight as we're seeing right now with the Libyans and the Egyptians who are hitting ISIS and hitting hard uh, in Libya, then then we can't just sit back and say, hey, you know, and, and phone it in. We've got to write a check or, or we got to, you know, we got to provide the weapons, write a check or both. Well, the question, there's no accountability. How do we know that it's going to them and, you know, going back to ISIS? You know, that's the whole thing. It's just, well, it's kind, it's, it's it seems to me, you know, if we really want to fight this war, we should use our own military. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I hear you. I hear you. But there's a reality. Anytime you write a check, and it doesn't have to be through your tax dollars and the government to another country. I mean, quite frankly, you could write a check to United Way, Red Cross, Easter Seals, how do you, or, 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 you know, uh, Christian Children's Fund. How do you know that get, where that money's going? You don't, just like you don't know the terrorists. That's why I think it's better not to fund them at all and just send in our own military. Well, we can't be everywhere. Which country would you like to go into right now? I don't think we can afford to go anywhere. The last time I know, we're not in the whole commitment of nation building. We're already, you know, what, 12 to $17 trillion worth of debt. I think the rest of the world should bear the burden of this. You know, you know what's interesting. You know what's interesting, Sean. People that talk like you were the first to call me and cry when we have another nine eleven, which we will have if we don't stop ISIS now. John, please weigh in. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, also I, I think part of, of, of what is it, Sean, what is complaining about? He's talking about this accountability. Like, where are we getting our intelligence as far as? Who, you know, who are we funding? Who are we sending money to? And, I mean, that's what we have the CIA for. Um, that's what we have these, these services. They're supposed to give us the proper intelligence so that then the State Department and the administration can make decisions on, on how to help or not help. So um, the accountability is the fact that now we have extremist groups, you know, ISIS, 
um, doing what they're doing, and, and you, you try to look at it and say, what the heck is going on? But, um, you know, so it, it's this, the Middle East, I mean, you know, for America, we're lucky because there's this humongous ocean that separates us. And um, so it's easy for a lot of commentators to be sort of uh, Monday morning quarterbacks um, because we don't have, you know, we do have a threat, but not like all of Europe. And Europe deals with this much differently than we do. Okay, let's take some more calls. Sean, thank you. Uh, thank you for your contribution to the program. Do call us again. Let's go to Wisconsin with Kathy, line four. Hi, Kathy. Good afternoon. Hi. Um, I would like to ask, uh, make a comment and then ask the person to comment. Um, it, it just seems that um, we have neglected to really look into um, whether or not Lindsey Graham and, and um, John McCain had something to do with ISIS being funded. And uh, on the Internet, there's a lot on it. And Tom Hartman is probably the only person I hear mentioning it very regularly. And I'm just feeling that those people, uh, as far as anyone can see, unless it was secretly approved, interfered with the foreign policy of our government. And I would really like to see some... Uh, uh, Senate uh, uh, meetings held to look into this, I don't think it's right for that to have happened, especially when they go on uh, national TV every week and blame Obama for everything, including that. So if someone would comment, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, well, you know, name me one instance where John McCain has actually been right about foreign policy. Um, he's been consistently wrong, and yet he's the number one politician that's asked to come on the Sunday talk shows. Uh, you know, he set himself up as this big foreign policy guru who gets everything wrong. But it's not only Lindsey Graham's and John McCain's. There's plenty of ex-government officials like Michael Hayden who belong to all these groups that help manufacture fear and, and loathing so that they make money in their corporations, that they make so much money, and, and, and I know Leslie can talk about this, where they want to keep us active in these wars, that they want to keep us you know, buying more bombs, more missiles, more defense strategies, because they're getting rich off it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Kathy, anything else? Oh, yeah, that, she did say that, but I, I wasn't sure if you guys had already done that. <laughs> okay. Uh, John, we have um, – guys, how much time do we have? Because I want to make sure that we – okay, let's quickly talk about uh, so that people understand what was done by a judge in Texas and a little bit more about that judge in Texas. We only have a few minutes left. So, John, are you surprised, because I am, that this judge didn't recuse himself? This guy has personal – uh, you know, political leanings that make it impossible for him to be impartial in such a matter. No, absolutely. Judge Andreas Hannon, who was appointed by Bush, uh, I mean, if you look at the history of, of what he's talked about with immigration, with the Obama administration, uh, he sounds like a, you know, uh, an AM talk show host, uh, Michael Savage. And um, for him to then rule on this case, um, first of all, I really didn't expect him to recuse himself because um, that's not what a lot of these conservative judges do. And when you read some of his articles and some of the things that he's, he says about it, it's, it's actually stunning that this verdict and his decision and his injunction is taken seriously. I mean, when, he's, when he says, when he's blaming the Obama administration for failing to meet basic procedures, 
Um, I mean, he's following the same doctrine that's been in place since George Bush was there, and they've been trying to get immigration policy changed, and it and it's it's been impossible. So the president has acted with his executive orders and tried to do something about it. But uh, he has been, you know, he sounds like a like a, a rebel rouser and not like a judge. If you read his opinion, most definitely. Um, you know, I have heard legal experts today saying, you know, he may have put a temporary stop on this, like a kickstand on a bike, but this right. isn't going to go anywhere for him and conservatives uh, that are hoping uh, to put a kibosh on this executive order that the president is within his rights legally and the authority that he has as uh, the president of the United States. And and, and three, a federal Trump state. State doesn't have the right uh, to upsurp. Uh, excuse me, an executive order by the president on a federal level. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, he wrote an opinion last August that the Obama administration is adopting a deportation policy that endangers America and is an open invitation to the most dangerous criminals in society. Now, that's not a legal opinion. That's, that's his own personal opinion, and that's not based on the law. That's based on, on his political views. So I don't, you know, Kevin Drum wrote a great piece about it in Mother Jones today, and and he, he says, you know, the guy wrote a polemic and not a proper court ruling, and I agree with him completely, and, and this is not going to stand. I, I want to, you know, people to understand that, you know, th- this is a man that has been, this judge has been very, very open in his sentiments about the president, uh, in his sentiments about, you know, I was mentioning before you came on, John, his comma about him being Noah and Im- immigrants right. being uh, like the flood. Um, you know, it, it, quite frankly, regardless of a judge's political leanings, are there others that are of his ilk, perhaps outside of Texas, that are shocked at this type of behavior? Because yeah, you know, I know there are a lot of Americans, myself included, shaking their heads and saying, you know, if we can't ch- trust any judges to be impartial and unbiased. Then, then what do we have left in our systems? Well, you know, look, the, the term activist judge you know, has been sort of a, a conservative mantra for a very long time. But, the, but they love activist judges when they rule in their favor. And this is the time. And, and, you know, if you look at, since the Tea Party came in, the, I think one of their, you know, hidden agendas is to use the court system and to use their own activist judge to overturn precedent. I mean, when you look at, at what the Roberts Court did with all the voting rights, yeah. um, it was, you know, that was just out of left field. It didn't make any sense. But when you look at Roberts' own history with voting rights, you can see that he was just acting as an activist. John, more than a pleasure to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you for being with us and for and for forgiving my not reading your full email, buddy. Uh, John Amato. Follow him on Twitter at John Amato, A-M-A-T-O. The website is crooksandliars.com, and he is co-author of the book that can be found on Amazon.com, Over the Cliff. 